1: Day 418 into my voyage. Well, we had a lot of luck on Venus. We always had a ball on Mars. We're all the groovy people. We rock the Milky Way so far. We dance around with all the realities. We're space trucking around the sun. Why, thank you, my good sir, don't mind if I do. <gasps> How's it hanging, ladies and folks? My name is Chris R. R. Balzo and this is my show. You're about to hear the latest and greatest installment of my ongoing sword and sorcery sci-fi narrative. A story written, read, performed, and edited, all with your ear holes in mind. So don't even concern yourself with going back to catch up quite yet. Because this episode, like every episode, just so happens to be the perfect jumping on point. And then, once you're hooked, feel free to go back and catch up with the story thus far while you wait for the next one to drop. But for now, all I need you to do is sit back, relax, And allow me to unfurl the wizard scroll. Dark, tainted magics were afoot. Magics so dark and so tainted that they were most often found scrawled within human skin leather bound tomes. Shit with titles like Double Forbidden Necromancy for Demented Fucks Volume 2. Not even the most daring, the most power-hungry, or the most foolish of wizards would ever dare look upon such a tome's blasphemous contents. Let alone read them, let alone internalize them, let alone cast them willy-nilly all across the realm of Yerxlin non-fucking-stop. So yeah, no, this ain't some kitty crap you'd buy for 6 dollars at the Wizlastic Book Fair. By the looks of things out there, it seemed that some wretched lich or another had taken a particular shining to Chapter 11 of DFNDF Volume 2. The one aptly titled, How to Summon Like a Million Skelemen and Make Them Do Your Bidding.
2: (laughs) RISE MY MINIONS, RISE!
1: (laughs) Like a Halloween-themed game of whack-a-mole, they emerged. Skelemen, zombies, and Frankensteins popping up out of the ground by the graveyard full, ready and willing to serve their god, Umbrelai the Lich Queen. <laughs> and she, the Lich, I had but one simple command.
2: My empire shall expand its reach until it covers every square inch of this filthy rock. This world is yours for the taking, my beautiful bony boys. So, take it. Lay claim to this land in the name of me, in the name of I, in the name of Umbrellae the Lich Queen.
1: (laughs) And lo, undead invaders ran rampant through villages, towns, even giant sprawling cities weren't safe from the thrall of bone and steel. All those who opposed them were slaughtered where they stood, only to be enveloped in the Lich Queen's deep purple mist and rise once again, condemned to spend an afterlife in her servitude. While the weak, the young, the old, and the craven who tried to run and hide, they were bound in chains and put to back-breaking, soul-crushing labor for the thrall's benefit my queen we've got another batch of prisoners on route from wang town
2: ah yes the cowards who would hide behind barriers rather than stand and fight let those graven fools cling to their precious natural lives for as long as they desire a life of grueling labor awaits them toiling away in the sausage rock mines erecting endless luxury skeleton condos across the land and or pushing on a big-ass wheel of torment as a giant Frankenstein whips them mercilessly.
1: Come on there, kiddos! I want to see that wheel rotate!
2: And after we put every last drop of blood, sweat, and cry juice they've got to good use... Their lifeless remains shall be welcomed to my thrall with open arms. Yes, my queen.
1: <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, in the penthouse suite of his wizard tower, as it has the wise sat there pondering his trusty orb. Presently so smacked, so ripped, so zonked, so zaboomafood off his latest batch of chuchang that he could temporarily see into the future. (coughs) What the fuck's going on? (coughs) The visions he saw horrified him. A world of flames and ashes. A world where undead was the only state of being. A world shrouded in utter darkness, where the only light that remained shone from that all too familiar pair of deep purple eyes. <laughs> Indeed, the Lich would soon take Jyrgsland as her own, would soon shroud the entire realm in her iconic deep purple mist and render all life forfeit, just as the wizard's stoned out stupor had foretold. Of course, as we've all learned from episode 206, King Rondi would ultimately defeat Umberlie the Lich Queen at the 11th hour, restoring peace and harmony to the realm of Yerxland once and for all. For real this time. Though his orb had conveniently left out this part of the story. For all he knew, it was only a matter of time before the clock struck Armageddon, Only a matter of time before she, the Lich, unleashed her ultimate technique and brought about the end of time itself. So many projects left unfinished, so many goals unmet, and what's more, nobody to turn to and embrace during those final, fleeting moments. Condemned to face the upcoming electric hellfire alone For the first time in centuries Azataz had become acutely aware of just how lonely he was Though the next vision he received did give him some solace For he then watched his own charred remains rise from the ashes of that darkened Altered world and go on to become a skele wizard Different life, same shit Said the skeleton formerly known as Azataz, as, as it stirred a cauldron of some glowing green slime. He bit his fingernails down to the stumps, cast a fingernail growing spell on himself, and bit them down some more. He was so racked with nerves, knowing the end was nigh with little he could do about it. About four or five more fingernail spells later and he started to feel a little bit better about the whole situation. For presently, there was so much whiz THC coursing through his system that his nails had gained the properties of a 420 milligram gummy edible. Namely, they got my boy all the more Zod the fuck out. The wizard lie on his back atop his rooftop gazebo, faded out of his fucking mind, cold chilling, and gazing at the starry night sky above. He then proceeded to roll a joint so large he would need to cast a flaming arrow spell to light it. I tried so hard, I got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. All my life's work, all my knowledge, my trinkets and doodas, gone. And here I am, facing oblivion head on. Alone, just as I always have, just as I always must. Flaming Arrow spell. What appeared to be a shooting star commanded the wizard's ire, even in such a stoned-out state. Typically, such things are only a blip in the sky, there and gone in a flash. But this was something else entirely. For this particular shooting star fell, and it fell, and it fell some more, growing larger and brighter in the sky by the moment. He retrieved his telescope for a better view at the unidentified falling object and was dumbfounded over what he saw. The shooting star wasn't a star at all, but rather some sort of flaming metal egg, which only grew brighter and larger still as it careened through the atmosphere. And moments before impact with the ground, he watched in astonishment as a little green man popped out the top and parachuted safely into the tree line. Sweet Goblin Jesus! Does my wizard eye deceive me, or is that Goblin Jesus I spot descending from the heavens? Wait. Nah, it's just an alien. Hmm. Should I fuck around and make first contact real quick? Nah, Unless... Cut to. Now tell me, you goddamn space alien! How in the blue fuck does this newfangled spaceship of yours work? (laughs) English motherfucker, do you speak it? Huh. I guess he really can't speak it. (laughs) Oh well. Let's just give my old translator spell a go instead, hmm? Greetings, little alien man. What is your name?
3: I am Schmo Branigan of the Blee Bla Brigade, Chief Engineer aboard Starship Blee Bla Alpha Prime Z. ID number 80085. Please, I beg of you, stranger, untie me from this surgeon's table and stop beating me. I need to find a space phone and call my family. But the
1: alien schmoe's pleading fell on unattentive ears, for the wizard's focus had already been drawn back to the warped, smoldering remains of the escape pod. Your... your device! It is a vessel devised to transport bodies across the heavens?
3: Yes. It's a Starship Blee Alpha Prime Z standard issue escape pod, equipped with helium-3 isotope-powered rocket boosters, keep holders and glowing lead strip-lined interior, Though it appears to have been severely damaged in the crash. I see. What are you going to do with me?
1: A spacefaring vessel. The gears in the wizard's head, they were returning, for it seemed the solution to his little Armageddon problem had just fallen right out of the sky. I found your wallet in the wreckage. Is this your family?
3: Yes, my wife Shmela and our son Schmelvin. They must have heard about the space pirate ambush by now. They probably think I perished in the explosion with the rest of my crew.
1: Would be a shame if they never saw their husband slash father again, now would it? The wizard asked, brandishing that crystal apple-tipped obsidian wand, holding it under the picture as it was set alight.
3: Please, don't kill me. I'll do whatever you want. Just please have mercy.
1: Relax, my sweet boy. Have no fear. I don't want to hurt you. More like the opposite, in fact, for you see... I'm cutting you a deal that you simply cannot refuse. You're going to repair your vessel under my watchful tutelage, and together we'll get your sorry alien behind home for Christmas. But in exchange, I require a small... ...favor. A little, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, yes?
3: It seems only fair.
1: Yes, I couldn't have said it better myself! All's fair in love and war, eh?
3: What are you insinuating?
1: Oh, nothing really. All I need is for you to give me a ride off this rock. You do this for me, and I'll help you to the best of my ability. Wizard's honor. This handshake is our bond, my friend, so what do you say? In the wise words of Howius Mandelius, Deal? Or no deal. Deal. Today's episode of the Wizard Scroll is brought to you by listeners like you.
3: Listeners, what the heck are you talking about? There is no one else here.
1: Head on over to patreon.com slash the scroll today for instant access to all sorts of patron exclusive content.
3: What the absolute fucking fuck is a Patreon? Please just let me go so I can get to work on the ship for the love of space Jesus.
1: Sign up for a small monthly donation today at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the wizard scroll. And you better know how to spell that.
3: You are starting to scare me.
1: Schmo worked tirelessly for weeks on getting that dented, charred, and blackened hunk of warped metal back into running order. After he agreed to the wizard's demands, he had become much more cordial to the alien, even bringing him his meals as he worked tirelessly, 14 hours a day on his myriad repairs to the ship. Luckily, the wizard had access to most of the raw materials Schmo needed. Oftentimes, able to produce whatever was required with a flick of a wrist and a magic word or two. 3D Printer Spell!
3: How do you do that?
1: Do what? Oh, the conjuring and shit. It's a little something we here in Jurgsland call magic.
3: Magic? What do you mean?
1: You see, with proper training, some magic words, and most importantly, a stable mana source, One can quite literally conjure anything they can fully grasp within their mind's eye. And luckily for us, my friend, I've been at this for quite some time. My training is superb and my words are the bestest. My mind's eye has expanded to such a size that most spells require little effort to perform correctly. And as for the mana source, I've got a whole planet's worth of the stuff at my disposal.
3: What is this mana you speak of?
1: Mana is a peculiar substance that allows for magic to work in the first place. It's the currency we wizards use to cast our spells. A little bit of mana gets you a little magic trick or two. But with a lot of mana, you could fire off 8,008 magic missiles without breaking a sweat. This tower, my home, was built directly atop a mana well, you see. Near limitless amounts of magical energy courses through my very veins. And I can always go down to my basement and tap into the well for more. So, long story short, I can pretty much do whatever the fuck I damn well should ask please, thank you very much.
3: Magic is a concept my kind is not familiar with. Can't it be studied like math or science or the arts?
1: In a sense, yes. Though magic is truly something else entirely. Quite different from Wizard Algebra, that's for dang sure. You'll need a massive shift in perspective to wrap your mind around the concepts. Perhaps after we arrive on your home planet, I could stick around for a while and guide you through the fundamentals.
3: I would be honored. The vessel is fully operational, however it presently does not have power.
1: Well shit, I got an outlet right here my boy, plug her in!
3: I'm afraid it's not that simple. You see, a spacefaring vessel such as this shall require a helium-3 isotope fuel cell to become operational.
1: The fuck is that?
3: Helium-3 is a light, stable isotope of helium with two protons and one neutron. When a helium-3 isotope fuses with a loose neutron to form helium-4, large amounts of energy are released. T-L-D-R, the fuel cell we require is essentially a big nuclear power battery.
1: Hmm, isotopes you say? You know, I think we had something like that back in wizard science class. Hold on here, hold on one second. Aha! I found it! The Wizlastic table of the elements! Two protons would have this helium you speak of right here in balloon juice's place.
3: Amazing. Your kind has independently discovered nearly all the known elements of the universe, and even some that are only theoretical. The knowledge you possess could surely usher in the seventh enlightenment on my home planet.
1: Quick, Schmo! What's the fuel cell look like? How does it work? Draw me a picture, a schematic even! If I can fully grasp it, my mind's eye and I might be able to work backwards from there!
3: Yes of course. It is essentially an air canister that screws into this slot here. A valve on the neck of this canister releases the gas into the fusion reactor, where the gas is supercharged into plasma and fuses with raw matter to produce energy.
1: I see. It all makes sense now. You require a canister of diet balloon juice.
3: Not exactly, for you see, it...
1: Bada-bing, ba
3: Now is not the time for jokes. Please concentrate.
1: Oh, you play me for a trickster, eh? The wizard reached into his sleeve and retrieved the canister in question. The one he had pilfered from the ship some weeks before while Schmo wasn't looking. But then what is this behind your ear hole, Schmo?
3: It's exactly what we need. She is complete. Schmilla, I am coming home.
1: Hold on, Schmo. What do you say before we head out, we pack as much of my knowledge into the pod as we can. Together we can return to your home world, and perhaps find a way for your kind to use its power as well.
3: That is a fantastic idea, my friend. My apologies, but I seem to have forgotten your name.
1: You can call me Jerry. He said with a wink to the studio audience. The pair made short work of packing the 10-foot diameter escape pod with all manner of books, scrolls, trinkets, doodahs, wizardweed plants, vials of green slime and other magical items. Stuffing the thing like a Thanksgiving turkey until there was hardly room left for passengers at all.
3: Jerry, my friend, the pod is almost completely filled. We are nearing maximum capacity. Just
1: one more thing, I promise, I promise. Here, help me with this fish tank. Ready? Heave! Heave! Perfect, leave it right here in your seat, yes.
3: Wait, but where do I sit?
1: Oh, right, about that. I lied!
3: Are you fucking serious, man? What about your wizard's honor? What about our bond?
1: Bondage spell! Handcuffs, chains, whips, and at least one ball gag materialized from a flick of the wrist and wrapped themselves tightly around the alien schmo, tying him down, leaving him slumped over, immobile atop the wizard's race car bed. Sorry, not sorry, you ETS acid of a And lo, the alien lie there, tears welling up in his huge, bulging eyes as he watched his only means off this planet take off without him. He thought of his family, his wife and son who would have to spend this space Christmas with an empty chair in their dining room. He cried and he writhed in vain against his bindings, helpless to do little else as the knowledge that he had been betrayed really started to sink in. Oh, and here's the kicker. About 30 minutes later, the wizard figured, yeah, his new ride was pretty cramped. So, he cast a bigger on the inside than the outside spell on it to make the pod's interior the size of a small studio apartment. More than large enough for both men, all the wizard's stuff, and then some. But by that point, Azataz just figured, you know what, fuck it. And he proceeded on his merry little way without looking back.
0: Reach for the sky, old man.
1: Crystal and Scarletta barged into the wizard tower, weapons drawn, ready to make their premonitions of revenge a reality. But as it has the wise, the object of their ire, that double-crossing, backstabbing piece of wizard shit, was not there. And so presently, the two women stood amidst the shattered remains of his bedroom door, stood in the darkness of a recently vacated premises.
0: Oh my god, Crystal, what the fuck is that thing?
1: Stood an abject terrorist, Scarletta flipped a switch, bathing the chamber in light. Stood aghast at the sight of that gangly little green creature lying tied, gagged and bound atop the wizard's race car bed.
0: Oh shit! Oh god, oh fuck! It's green like a goblin but with no wrinkles or hair or anything. And look at the size of that cranial cap! motherfucking Johnny Quasar boy genius over here like jeesh
1: Telling by the thing's panic, muffled screams, it was quite obvious to all that the feelings of fright were mutual. As he glanced his colossal oblong eyes up toward the women, down to his bindings, then back up to the women again, signaling that he wanted out.
0: What are you doing? Are you actually helping it? For all we know, it could be one of the wizard's abominations. Relax, I'm just gonna take the ball gag out. Maybe we can try and communicate with it.
1: Crystal stole another glance at the creature's otherworldly visage.
0: But no, like yeah, do get your crossbow ready, babe. If things get dicey, give them 69 arrows per minute to the eye sockets for me, eh? Right. Greetings, my name is Crystal, and this is Scarletta. We're looking for the geriatric slice of pizza shit that lives here. So out with it, dog. Where is he? What
1: The fuck's he saying?
0: No idea, but I think I've got a translator spell installed on my wand here.
1: She said as she whipped it out and held it up to the alien's little toothless mouth.
4: Do not be alarmed. I mean you no know harm, I am Shmo Branigan of the Bleepla Brigade, Chief Engineer aboard Starship Bleepla Alpha Prime Z, IT number… Cut the shit, nitwit. Where's Azataz the wise? You see, my associate and I have
0: unfinished business with him, which must be attended to at his earliest inconvenience.
4: If whom do you seek is the man that once lived here, I am afraid he is long gone.
0: Gone? What happened? Where is he?
4: Where did that conniving, craven old bad
0: run off to now?
4: The man you referred to as Azat as the Wise, he had captured and tortured me, then helped me repair my escape vessel. And then, just as we were getting ready to blast off into space together, the bastard UFO jacked me. I am marooned on this backwards ass, bumfuck-ass planet without any means of escape. Woe is me. Hey, Scar?
0: Yeah? Can we keep him? No! Are you insane? Come on, look at the poor guy. Betrayed by the very same guy who betrayed each of us? That makes him family scar. I bet he wants to give old Azzy what's coming to him too, don't you, schmo?
4: Very much so, yes. My wife and son are without their household patriarch because of that piece of wizard shit. He has a wife and a son! See, we can't leave him! Oh,
0: alright, he can come with us. Here's the deal, Shmo. You say you've got no means of reaching outer space, but now you do. Cause you see, she and me, we means to go after that wily old fart and murder the pants off him. Anything you need to get us there, just let us know. You dig?
4: Okay, bet.
1: Yeah, science! Thanks for tuning in to me screaming about wizards for a half hour. If you're still here, odds are that you've enjoyed what you just heard and are stoked for more. So fear not, dear listener, because there's plenty of content sitting there waiting for you to check out right this second, my boy. Finally, to all my Wizard Scroll superfans out there, I have a mission for you should you choose to accept it. Log into your social media platform of choice and tell everyone about your new favorite podcast. Leave a positive review on Spotify, Apple, Audible, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, I'll read one of them reviews right here, right now, right here I got on my fucking phone. A review from Mayday on Podcast Addict, who writes, if you don't take yourself too seriously and want to laugh or are a big fan of fantasy fiction or Tales from the Tavern, this podcast is perfect for you. Five stars, baby. That's the amount of stars that I like to see. Thank you, Mayday, for, for, for waiting two years for me to read this review. I honestly, I didn't know Podcast Addicts was a thing until like today. So, you got the patience of a saint. I hope you're enjoying your life. I hope you've had a nice two years. Hope you're still here. <laughs> anyway, word of mouth is how this show can continue to grow. So share the shit out of it with everyone you know. And until next time, oh shit, wait. One more thing. I almost forgot. I would like to formally introduce my newest members of the cast. Introducing, I don't know, I no longer do all the voices myself anymore. Uh welcome to the fucking Wizard Scroll fucking line of services, Chrissy and Gabby, my two pals. The gals with the business, they got the fucking, they got the vocal chops. They're really good friends. Give them a listen. They got their own podcast. I'll link them in the description. Check them out. They're really good times. And that'll about do it this time. Bye.
0: What are you doing? Are you actually helping it? Crystal, for all we know, it could be one of the, I'm going to fuck this up every time. Just letting you know.
4: And then (laughs) she did are you actually helping it crystal
0: are you actually helping it crystal are you actually helping it crystal 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 oh my god crystal see now i've already
2: hang on new studio
0: (laughs) the fable and falling network where fiction producers flourish
1: welcome to beyond the dark Sub-Level 19 was nothing like the other floors at Machine Co. There were no alabaster workbenches, no spotless white carpets. Here, it was dank, dark. And that noise. A humming, throbbing sound like a sickly heartbeat hiding behind the whir of a great machine. A large metal cage loomed out of the darkness, backlit by an iridescent blue monitor, on which a cursor blinked idly. A metal panel slid out of an aperture in the cage near the monitor, and suddenly the
3: cursor came to life. It read, Insert hand here. Beyond the Dark, a sci-fi anthology by Mark R. Healy creator of The Strata. Find it at beyondthedarkpodcast.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts.